from New Orleans, this is Mindset. Psychiatrist Dr. Nick Pajic interviews the leading lights of America's most fascinating city. Hi, I'm Dr. Nick Pajic. Welcome to Mindset. On this show, we talk to New Orleanians about what makes them happy and how they got to be successful, both in their life and in their work. My guest today, John Georges, is the embodiment of success. A happily married family man and accomplished businessman, John has recently acquired New Orleans icon Galatoire's Restaurant and Baton Rouge newspaper The Advocate, with which he is expected to make a run at the faltering Times-Picayune. John Georges has run for public office both as governor of Louisiana and mayor of New Orleans, and although he is neither the governor or the mayor, his campaigns have given him a personal cachet and public charisma. In this conversation, we'll get to know John Georges not through the eyes of reporters or political pundits, but in his own words. I was born in 1960, so we were the guys who cut grass, washed cars, uh, had lemonade stands, and later on, uh, you know, kids today, it's hard to say, my own kids don't cut the grass at the house. But I was more than that, I was the guy who wanted to go to work with his dad. Mm-hmm. And my dad was um, in the wholesale grocery business. He drove a truck and brought the truck home when I was much younger. That was his comp- That was his car. Unlike me, he was a very humble man, but uh, he was a leader. He uh, was born in a very poor village in Greece. So that's quite frankly, the evolution of me evolving to a Democrat. Mm-hmm. Having been a Republican, it was because I understood the plight of the poor. And of course, my father's family in Greece, uh, the ones that were, you know, that didn't go on and get educated and all, were all very poor. My grandmother was from a very poor village without running water and electricity. So my father came from these humble roots. Of course, my father broke through that. And he he was the one who broke out and uh, took a military career, um, started as a... uh, Greece was invaded by World War II, first by the Italians, and then that Mm -hmm. didn't seem to work. And then, of course, the the Germans. Mm -hmm. And they took the brunt of the German occupation very hard. And my, bro- my father was a teenager, and he organized the, the rebellion, the, hmm. what we would call uh, in America the resistance, and he mm-hmm. was the resistance leader. So here's a man who had great pride in knowing the right thing, fighting along with America to fight Germany yeah. without any weapons. Or, so there's a certain amount of bravery or lack of fear. Oh, yeah. So you know, when I make decisions, I don't think about my own plight. You know, it's a, you know, running for governor, and people are like, how could you do that? You're, you lose, the governor will hurt your business, he'll do this. I said, I, I don't think of the, the consequences. So my father was the greatest influence in my life. I woke up one day, and suddenly I'm like in a different place. And I'm still, in my mind, the same person. Well, what, but what everyone I... else looks at me, and they see a different person. And it's really kind of strange. I mean, I, I think I pay attention to that more than most because I ran for public office. Yeah. And I had to be a little bit more aware of people's perceptions of me. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny, like, you know, uh, you run for office and people you've known your whole life, suddenly, you know, you're not this quiet, humble person. You're this arrogant guy. And you're like, where did that come from? And yeah. it's like what happens is Maybe I snuck up on people because they never paid attention to me. When was the point when you realized that you had enough wealth to be really comfortable? When I ran for governor and spent it all? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Um, I would say there was a point where I had so many different companies and they're all doing very well. And it was just mind-boggling. 
people say, why are you successful? Because your father preceded you, you're smart. I think it's because I have a talent to recruit and pick management. Mm-hmm. I try to figure out why, why, am I, why am I different? I mean, my, my management team's been with me over 20 years, mm-hmm. um, and they're all performing at the highest levels. When you look at government, to shift gears, they never seem to attract. The federal government will attract some level of talent, but yeah. it's hard. You know, when you talk about failed political leaders, they never really surround themselves with an A-team, mm-hmm. either because they want to shine greater and they're afraid to attract someone better than them. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to attract someone better than me. Tell me about happiness and what do you think brings you happiness? I think happiness is something deep inside of you. Um, you know, no one else can make you happy. It's easier when mm-hmm. all this negativity. Um, but uh, when am I happy is when I've accomplished something. When I've, when I've done something, at the end of the day, I, I feel like I've done something. So, so, each so it's still related to work. But, but, you know, obviously there are many dimensions to my life. My family, my wife, you know, having a happy marriage, having uh, beautiful children. What do you think makes a happy marriage? Um, well, there, there's a, you know, you're a psychiatrist. You get paid for all that. I'm giving you free advice here. <laughs> but I would say um, compatibility, uh, common uh, principles. Uh, you know, my wife, I respect her core, uh, you know, I want to say integrity. Um, I think, you know, you have to have things in common, mm-hmm. um, but it, but it's the inner, you know, um, and I think, uh, you know, then there's the, the technique of always making it interesting, throwing them off, you know, a trip, a lunch, an unexpected thing. So, I mean, you know, you could say that's a trick, that's a technique. But uh, there's a lot of forces in the world that make things not work. Now, whether you're a religious person and you believe in the devil, yeah. which I believe that there's a lot of negative forces and it's fun to watch because here you are in this positive space and you see something negative coming at you. It, it reminds me of being in a bar room and you're having a drink and there's a fight that starts in the corner. Mm-hmm. You know that fight's going to end up in your problem before it's over. What do you think your greatest failure has been in, on any, in any category? Failures? Yeah, or, or, or something oh, that... You know, I just don't market myself. Uh, you know, I, 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 I probably failed to uh, allow people to know the, the inner core. You know, I'm, an, I'm like an onion, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of layers that you have to peel that uh, we often talk about how funny it is that I'm a bit of an enigma. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, to, I, to I, whom? To others that don't know. Like your, but not your kids and your wife. No, that no, you're saying no. Like, insiders and people in my home and my friends and my workforce. And but to the person, I'm, I'm more of a public person than most people. So to the people who don't know me, mm-hmm. uh, it's often funny uh, how they think my person. Now I may have a serious look on my face. Mm-hmm. I think I'm funny, and when I ran for office, my wife would say, "Smile." I said, "I am smiling." You know, that's my look. So um, I think if I were to be critical, uh, you know, obviously I've had business failures. None that I care to talk about now. But (laughs) but no, I mean, not everything is... is, But I can tell you, I have so many incredibly positive business things that can't possibly be me. It has to be that I'm lucky or that there's there's a God or there's, there's some kind of blessing we talk about that I'm blessed somehow, and I think it's a blessing. Well, and then that blessing is 
built on the foundation that I do the, 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 the foundation of things. It's like opening a restaurant and wanting to make money or opening a restaurant because you love to cook. Mm-hmm. The one who loves to cook is going to make the money. Right. The one who wants the money never makes the money. So if you have these goals, you know, it's like I have, you know, looking back on me as a third party, I have all the fundamentals of doing the right thing, making the right decisions, witnessing the right things, wanting to copy. My dad was never interested in fast money. He never took the fast track. He took yeah. the slow and careful track. Well, but so, in terms so, of talking about failures, though, I think it's good to point out that you're supposed to fail sometimes. And, well, well, and, and so know, I wanted to know well, about... Just, I've, like, I've had adversity in life. Yeah. Okay. Well, I had a brother who died when I was uh, 14. He was... A day, three days before his 18th birthday. Mm, yeah. So, if you've you you deal with those people all the time. So what was that like for you? Well, that that's a that's a, that's a you talk about adversity. Uh, it's not something that people talk about, as you know. You've difficulty talking about it, but you can't tell me that I have an adversity in my life. Your brother dies. He's older than you. He's a mm-hmm. bigger than life figure. Um, you know, he lived his life like a comet, not mm-hmm. like a bright star. Uh, so it 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 uh, it changes you. You, you it, 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 it brings you? out the inner side. Well, uh, uh, I'm sure it's an emotional thing. I think it's something. Uh, you know, that was shoot, that was thirty something years ago, and it's like every day. So, like every day, you mean it's on your mind. You oh, think about them. Yeah. What do you think about? It's just the the you know it's like it's a spiritual thing it's an emotional thing you you relate you think of but like you the, connect the, to him yeah, uh, yeah. as kind it's, of uh, yeah I could do a whole segment on my brother but well that's what's interesting because it but, seems like but, it's personal uh, and it's it's maybe driven you uh, you know it's probably maybe more outgoing he was the most outgoing individual probably in the history of New Orleans and, really uh, if you did any research into him anyone that knew him. There are people that talk about him today. They knew him in high school. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. And they say, you know, there are special people in life that don't live their whole lives. And some people say, well, you memorialize them. No, this was the real deal. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, when you say, okay, how would my life be different? Obviously, he would have been the entrepreneur. He was more the outgoing guy. I was the quiet little baby brother who did the accounting. You know, it's in a in an odd parallel, it's like the godfather. You know, the good kid became the godfather, mm-hmm. but he wasn't supposed to be the godfather, right? You mean, the right, movie. the good kid? The good kid? The good kid who went to the military or whatever, right, right, and the right. dad was yeah. proud of him. He was never supposed he to was go resisting. into the family business. Mm-hmm. Not that I can relate to the, to the movie, but I'm saying right. when you think about the one that was destined to be more like my father was my brother. So, so after his death... Did you have a psychological change where you said, I need to fill this void? No, I mean, you just, I think you, 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 you know, let's say you're, you're, you're a tree under a big oak tree, but it got all the sun, and now you're, the oak tree's gone, and you're the oak tree. So I felt that I had to do, push the envelope a little with, with uh, fun things, you know. What do you mean fun things? Well, just to be funny. Yeah. Humorous. I mean, you know, just a, he was a character. So, so I think that that, that uh, uh, not that I'm ever like that, but but to me, I try to, particularly when I'm 
raising my kids and I have children that are just more like him. It's like the genes went through me and my wife's like, where did this one come from? But, <laughs> but we have some really incredibly talented kids that are, that are, uh, so you try to keep it light though, because he, light. he taught you to be, to enjoy humor and, and, well, uh, we talk about role models and people that impact us. So you have a brother who's, I mean, you, you can't imagine. Uh, yeah. So, so, you know, you talk about, you know, in, in, in the competitive world of running for public office and there are people that you're running against, they never experienced death in a family in a teenage year. That, that makes you different. That you, makes you... You mean you're assuming if they hadn't experienced that. If they yeah, hadn't. Yeah. And I'm not saying some guy said, well, well, I didn't get a job. You know, you know I, 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 and I could parallel with other people, but I could say some people, you know, they... They went to school, they got straight A's, they got in Harvard, they wrote scholars, they got to this, they got, yeah. they got the first job, someone hired them. Yeah. That doesn't, you talk about adversity, adversity makes you stronger. And you need to have adversity in your life. So mm-hmm. you can't say that I had everything in my life because of the loss of a brother. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are other things in life that you don't have. That you. So my father was a private person. Mm-hmm. So... Now, you say you want to be your father, but really, I want my children to, for people to say, I knew your father, he was a good man. What do you do each, each day to take care of yourself to maintain your uh, activities you know, in business? Health or business or, or, or public policy? All of it. Like when you wake up in the morning, what's your mindset for the day? What, well, you know, well I, I, you know, a couple of days a week, I ride a bike. Mm-hmm. So I do, you know, this is recent, so it's not like I've always done it. But um, I ride a bike for an hour. And of course, I'm listening to talk radio the whole time, cursing all these callers and speakers. But So I ride a bike. Um, and then, of course, in my business, I, I identify the projects. I, I still have responsibilities of providing the working capital for the businesses. So I interact with each company as a president. I interact with how much money they need for the project, what direction mm-hmm. they move. So I try to interact with them. Um, and I try to do something public, you know. I'm, I'm I'm on a radio show, conservative talk radio show. Um, that, you know, I just do it because they asked me to do it. Um, uh, I, I I was the Louisiana founder for Lemonade Day, which is a, a cause that began just a few short years ago in Houston. Oh, yeah. A dear friend of mine started it, and we last year we've done it two years here. The second year. In New Orleans alone, we had 10,000 kids open lemonade stands. Wow. So what's happened is I've been able to use the fact people know me to get behind things to make them success. And I try to pick things that I think that I enjoy that I think are impactful. Yeah. So whether I'm on a radio station, whether I'm, you know, civically involved. Uh, so, I mean, I'm just, I'm just everywhere, you know. And So what do you think, what's next for you? Well, you know, in business, we're 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 growing the, the the core business, which is groceries. We're we're a billion dollar company. My goal is stated to, to have five billion in sales. When you or, think about that too, in in growing the company in, in terms of happiness, is there a point where you say, "Well, I have a billion dollar company. We want to grow it to five billion. When do you decide for yourself? To, you're happy to, all to, along. You're happy all along, and you're happy when you see others maximize who they are. Mm-hmm. So I've got the CEO of my company is, you know, and look, I picked him right out of college. I interviewed 10 people. 
Now, I did have the professor at Tulane send me the smartest kids in, in, in the county. Mm-hmm. But I picked them. And I could have picked any one of those kids. And I picked this one. And so you interviewed 10 kids in... The and top students at Tulane Business School. What was, uh, the, what was different about this student? Oh, I asked him some crazy questions. Can I, Probably can go break the federal law. <laughs> well, this this is, is a question I asked him. Okay. Imagine this 20 years ago. He's a young African-American. He's in an office with a, a white businessman, and he's trying to make a good impression. And I walk up to him and said, listen to this question. I said, if an African-American was running for mayor and he was less qualified and a white was running and he was more qualified, who would you vote for? Now, you're not supposed to ask questions like that. He's looking at me, and of course, if he wanted to bullshit me, pardon the expression, he would say I'd vote for the more qualified guy. Mm -hmm. But we all know, in those days, 20 years ago, he was no more voting for the qualified guy. He was voting for the guy. And so he said I'd vote for the African-American. So it was a trick question that measured his integrity. Because regardless of what I wanted to hear in his mind, he told me the truth. And that was more important to you. And that's what you started off with saying. that when I gave him something that's hard to admit to. Like, yeah. you know, Dukakis, you Dukakis be- ran for president. I'm Greek. I'm a Republican. Yeah. Did I vote for Dukakis? Uh, Dukakis or did I vote for the Republican? Dukakis. I don't know. It's a, it's a, there's a curtain there. <laughs> but you okay. mentioned that in the beginning. But that was a cool thing. Then I called his father. Really? Yeah, called his father. How come? He, he owned a restaurant, so tell me about your son. Hmm. He said he, he bust tables as a kid. He worked here. He's never, not afraid of work, and this guy will be running your company someday. I don't know if that's legal. I don't know, but I'll tell you what. I got the information that I needed. He's so, a hard worker that was honest. I knew he was smart because I had the accounting professor handpick these kids. But what about the other students? Did you ask them questions like that? And then I asked another thing. How much would you take? What's your range of pay? And he was he was very humble. He was very humble. He picked a, a, a reasonable number. Some of the kids shot for the moon, and it might have disqualified him. I don't know. Maybe I'm a cheapskate. No, but I mean it's interesting because it goes back to your belief in integrity uh, with the, with the right. first question. The second hard thing, work, hard work. But also, his father owned a restaurant, much like your dad. You don't a restaurant. You got to be hardworking. Not the, every the, kid you know. wanted to work in the restaurant in that family. Oh, so and he was one. So you, it looks like, sounds like you saw some yourself in this. this no, I mean you're a psychiatrist. You figure that stuff out. Well, no, I just no, tell I you mean, what I did and I, why I did it. <laughs> now, if you were a reporter for the ill-fated newspaper in our town, you would probably develop your own theory as well. well. <laughs> and I can honestly say, no theory developed by a writer is ever what I thought in my mind. I can understand that, and I, I feel sorry for them. If you have issues with other people, how about people that get in? And have a free ride all their lives because they got in because they were an Asian or they were smart or they're this and so you didn't. I'm I didn't recording get now. So okay. what? So what happened? Uh, tell me well, about you, this. You asked for an example of something that that I didn't get my way. Right. Well, obviously, when I applied to college, I was waitlisted at the University of Virginia. At the time, the University of Virginia in New Orleans was like going to Harvard. It's mm-hmm. it's still today. It's one of those great uh, institutions. Waitlisted, in my mind, means you don't know anybody because you're academically qualified. Yeah. But somehow some system didn't flag you to come in because of some quota, some social connection. I mean, my father couldn't help me get into the University they, of Virginia. They filled their Greek quota for that year. I wish they had Greek quotas. <laughs> uh, so wait, be, so we'd all be fighting over it. How did this affect you in your life? Well, no, I think, I think uh, 
I don't know. My daughter goes there now, so it's interesting. How, oh, look at that. Uh, well, so, and I'm very involved in the school. So, you know, where did you go to college? I went to Tulane. So you went you to know, Tulane. Yeah. I didn't know. Look, I didn't know anything about college, going to college when I was applying. I mean, but you're my saying, father didn't go to college. My, you know, my brother was older. He no. said, yeah, "You need to go to Harvard." He was. My brother's an intellectual. He was having intellectual. But thought. I'm not suggesting that you should have known anything. But I want to know emotionally. You didn't get something that you wanted. You you saw it as the Harvard of North, or yeah. or I mean, Harvard is in the North. No, I you think it was on par with Harvard. What, on par with Harvard. If, if someone has a stereotype about Harvard, and you then and, and so. You were waitlisted, and then you didn't get accepted, or what? Right. I mean, obviously, many people that are waitlisted for these schools actually get in. Right. They either get involved, or they get where. To me, I didn't have the resources to know. I didn't like my father's friends went to UVA, or he went to right. UVA, or. But of course, I didn't settle for Tulane. Tulane was a a great school when I went there, and and also I wanted a little bit more of a Louisiana roots. Our business was rooted. Here in Louisiana, when I think back on what it would have been best for my business, going to LSU would have been far better because we have thousands of customers around the state. We yeah. do business in every inch of the state, so I would have known a lot more people. But but uh, Tulane gave me the education that I wanted. Do you think you that know? you you influenced your daughter to go to UVA because you didn't get in? No, no. But I knew it was an, it was a it was a, a good school. She chose yeah. Virginia. I, I was. You're I not, was like leaning towards Vanderbilt. You know, the chancellor over there is Greek, so uh, I, I tried to guide her to Vanderbilt. But my children, as most children today, they 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 make their own decisions. So I didn't influence. I we went to we went we went to over ten schools. From she was accepted at pretty much every school, and 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 uh, she was she was. A well, good you must student. be very proud. Yeah, who wouldn't be? Yeah. yeah. All right. Were you competitive? Is your dad father still no. living? No. Yeah. Um, were you competitive with your father? No. What about with your well, siblings? Well, no, but I, we used to joke. My father, being Greek, he said, you know, you know, I was young. You know, let's say the first big, huge business achievement I had was I went to work there. We did $29 million in sales. Within 30 days, I brought in a $10 million customer. So you can imagine... <laughs> You know, what, so what, so what, I targeted, I figured it out. I said, that's the customer I want. I went after it and I got it. But it's so imagine saying. you walk into a, a family and one transaction, you grow the company 30%. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, the, and so... Sounds you like know, you... So, so you there's, there's some little, competition then. No, no, no. No, it's not. You're not competition. You're, you're achieving. You're, you're doing things. You're not doing it to compete with your father. No one can compete with their father. I mean, that, that would be ridiculous. You know? No. Or you have this... What do you call it? Oedipus complex? Yeah, Oedipal complex. Right. Where? So, so, but let's just say it's more like Al, my father would say, you're Alexander the Great, but if, but if Philip wouldn't have created the great army, Alexander wouldn't have been as great as ah. he is. So we would have those type of discussions. What about between but, you and but, your brother? No, no, I think my father, my brother. Constantine, no. are you guys competitive? No, never, never. No. We took different directions in life. How so? He was he was not interested in the business. He was not interested in, never interested in money, never interested in business. He he wanted, you'd have to ask him. I think he probably wanted to be an actor, mm-hmm. and then, uh, well, he went pre med, but he probably wanted to be an actor and became a great lawyer. Uh, you know, he, he was a twenty year federal prosecutor. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a that's a public servant. Mm-hmm. You know, so like yeah. It's funny, like, I want to be a public servant 
after 50 years old. And now my brother, the public servant, he wants to be a businessman after 50. Right. So it's like we, we never know what we want. Right? What do you think so about that? I think it's cool. I think it's really cool. And, and, and uh, uh, I'm do you sure guys he, hang out? Uh, I'm sure he's proud of me. Well, when we, what, what's really fun is when we were able to go to Greece together. I mean, I'm married with, with a family and kids and running multiple businesses, so I'm under constant stress. And mm-hmm. uh, he, on the other hand, is single. And But we, we try to, we don't do this on purpose, but we try to arrange our trips to Greece. You know, my father died, I think, at a young age, yeah. just before his 80th birthday of a brain tumor. Um, you talk about a hopeless situation where you, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. So, uh, but his brothers are still alive and siblings are dying. So it's fun to go back to the old country and visit with uncles that are your uncles. And, and they're just like your father and they think like your father. And they were, even though they're his younger brothers, they have so much respect. So, uh, but no, we, we're a family that's always together. But, but uh, no, a, a funny story one time, a, a friend of mine said, uh, do you have a brother who looks like you, but he's cool? And my brother was doing a press conference, and his hair was a little bit longer than mine, and he is a little cooler than I am, I, I will admit. Um, so, but no, I don't, I don't see it that way. No. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, it's, you know, it's all, it's I went, one time I went to a bar mitzvah recently, and I listened to a rabbi talk to the young people, and I don't know if it's something that he took from the Bible or just something that he shared, his wisdom. But he said, you know, when you're by the, when you're by the, uh, the river, you, you only drink enough water that you need for yourself. And you allow that water to flow for other people. Mm-hmm. So I heard that, and, and, you, know, you know, recently, but it, I connected to it very well. And that is that when you're in business and you make, let's say, what people would call money, you take for yourself and you leave whether it's for your children or whether you leave for others, mm-hmm. society, all that. And I think hoarding of water, of the river, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's a part of the yeah. Bible where, was it St. George slay the dragon who took the water in the villages? So I can relate to that and say that, you know, while there are people being successful on so many multiples that it's unimaginable. And of course, I never look at the people poorer than me. I look at the people richer than me. So I never think that I'm there while others are looking at me. So, you know, I would just want to leave you with that, that money is not the most important thing. Um, money in my mind is only important if you don't have it. Mm-hmm. If you have it, it means nothing. Yeah. If anything, it's terrible because you don't work anymore. Yeah. Tell you don't me. worry. And so, so, you know, you can't put a stereotype. Now there are people that are just greedy and they're horrible, greedy people that have no money and people that have money. You what, know, do you so, make, yeah, what do you make of that? Of what? People who have lots of money who are horrible people or, or mean. horrible people. You must uh, meet them, right, in your line of uh, work. Yeah, but it's not mine to judge. You know, so I don't. I try not to judge, but I will say that that uh, that I, I have issue. Let's just say that I have issue with people that don't give. Now I know I was criticized when I ran for office that I. I did movies on famous sheriffs. Uh, I wrote books on. I had. I didn't write it. I couldn't write a book. I hired incredible writers to write a book about my father's role and the Greek resistance, Greece's role in World War II. Mm-hmm. So you know, they they thought I was very frivolous with my money, but I thought, you know, I don't need this money, and I'm going to spend it on something. Mm-hmm. Why not put it towards a tribute to a great generation of people? Why not 
use it to encapsulate history on a political figure, the great sheriff of Jefferson Parish, who I admired. I did a documentary, you know. But, you know, how this writer uh, figured something foolish about it. I, 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 you know, yeah. I never, negative stories about me never bothered me because they were either not true, you know, they weren't true. So if yeah. someone said something about me, it wasn't true. Now, I feel sorry for people that read the paper. Yeah. And they get a, a side of me that's not true. Yeah. So, you know, I hope that explains it for Well, you. hopefully here we, I think we have a lot of truth tonight with your story. I, you know, I ran for office so many times, and uh, knock on wood, nobody's caught me, or actually caught me. No one's accused me of not speaking my mind. If anything, I do just the opposite. And I think that was the whole purpose of this exercise, is for you to really hear how people, what really makes people tick. Oh, yeah. And I'm at a good part of my life where I don't mind sharing it. My guest on Mindset has been John Georges, businessman, father, and lifelong Norlinian. You can learn more about John Georges by following the links on our site, itsneworleans.com. I'm Dr. Nick Pajic. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to your company again on the next episode of Mindset. Labor Day signals the unofficial end of summer, but not the end of your outdoor projects. Lowe's helps you do it right and helps you save with Labor Day deals throughout the store. Shop now and get two bags of Stay Green Potty Mix for $12. And keep your lawn looking neat and trim with a Craftsman 2-Cycle 17-inch gas string trimmer, now $20 off at just $119. Whatever's still on your to-do list this Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 828. Soil offer excludes Alaska and Hawaii, U.S. only.